Hello, I'm Mallory Rubin. And I'm Van Lathan. Check out the Ringerverse podcast from The Ringer for all things superhero movies, nerd culture, and fandom entertainment. We have instant reviews and fun takes on all the latest news and more available now on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on Cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. Ooh, do you know what I'm going to watch tonight? What's that? Jose Cabrino. Jose Cabrino. Hello and welcome back to Study Podcast in the Ring of FC. I'm Misa Kwonga. I'm Ryan Hun. Ryan, how are you doing? I'm right, thanks, man. How are you? Very well, thanks. Finally well rested. Uh, quite a busy midweek, actually, including last night. I did my first reading of my uh, of a book I put out in January. Um, it only took till only took till what? What are we in September? In the end, it took till September. Yeah, it did. It did. It did. But yeah, that was good. But yeah, otherwise. Very well, and looking forward to tucking into the Champions League fixtures. Oh yeah, because you would have had to play a big catch-up. I did, I did, but it was a joyous catch-up. There were some great, great games, great games. It was great, man. A uh, quick bit of ammo before we get going. Obviously, hope everyone's staying safe and well, getting vaccinated if they can. Don't forget to check the ringer.com forward slash soccer. Should be some pieces going up soon. And Wright's house went up. You and Carl were on Wright's house. It was really good. Yeah. There's a very, there was, if you haven't listened yet, go and listen. There was an amazing impromptu call to someone. It was very integral to bring in Ian Wright to Arsenal. That is one of the great podcast moments. I've got to say it. That was incredible. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, I wasn't there. No, of course. Uh, when you heard it back. Yes. That's <laughs> it's so good, man. And um, yes, Daddy Archer's playlist on Spotify. If you want to listen to all the music we play out on each episode, they're in a playlist on Spotify. Newest ones at the top. Just search for Stadio Outros. And I think that's, oh, it's, do you know what it is today? It's World Afro Day. Oh no, it's many, many years since I could participate in that particular celebration. Yeah, but I think there's part of me that thinks that just once you should just grow it all out. And I know oh. that it's not what it was and the hairline's a little bit, you know, 
It's you know it takes months. Sea levels are going up. Movers, it takes months. <laughs> it takes absolutely months for me to grow my hair out. That's the thing. It takes ages. We, we you know, so <laughs> just do, just do it. Just so, do it. Good things take time. You know this. That's true. That's very true. Yeah, my mum loves it when I grow out as well. Well, there you go. If there's not a bigger inspiration, <laughs> we'll love it. Your mum will love it. Everyone oh, will love it. Oh, goodness. You know, you can't be dropping Ivy Park drip on the timeline and then be oh, no. <laughs> be going around voluntarily bald. You know what they say? You know what we said about people who are voluntarily bald, man? Dangerous. 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 Yep, yep. I don't dispute that. I don't dispute that. You want all the smoke. That's true. That's very true. Like, Lukaku has been undefendable since he went voluntarily bald. He has, hasn't he? Yeah. <laughs> he there is someone that is absolutely locked in. There is no hairstyle that says, I want this. Do not fuck with me more than a, than a voluntarily bald dude. Even Anthony Martial was trying to flex. You see that? I mean, he's trying yeah. something. He's trying yeah. something. Yeah. Lacazette did it as well. Came back very angry and bald once with a beard. It's the bald and the beard combo. It's just like, whoa, look out. That's the one. Yeah. Anyway, we've covered this before. We've covered this before. David Trezeguet vibes. Anyway. Yeah. yeah that's good. I was going to say even more terrifying when they have a goatee, but you have a goatee, so. I mean, that's, <laughs> no lies were told. <laughs> anyway, today we're going to do Champions League mailbag stuff. We're going to let the questions guide us. We might uh, touch on a couple of bits before we get into the questions, but yeah, let's uh, get into it after this. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, man, do you want to just start with a little bit of your. Give me your thoughts. What were, you, what were your main takeaways from the return of the Champions League? It was the best of nil-nil draws. It was the worst of nil-nil draws. So I feel very, very sorry. I, very, I feel very sorry for Dinamo Kiev Lisbon because that was a really exciting nil-nil draw. And then you compare that to like Atleti Porto. <laughs> like, oh, these are completely opposed Hang games. On. Did you say Dinamo Kiev Lisbon? Benfica. Benfica Lisbon, sorry, I've been in Germany too long. What are you? What, look, do you know? You, you know? Whoa, you know like, whoa, 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 whoa! Sorry, you know, like because they call do it. You know, this, you know, this is grounds for podcast divorce. They call it Benfica Lisbon. Yeah, but in, I've been here too. I've been in. I've been in Germany too long. Don't please, be that please, guy. Please, don't please, I'm be not, that guy. Oh, what's the what's the English word again? I never. No, used Ryan, it. it's off. true. That's, no, that's true. Off. That's true. That's, no, I don't like this. It's no. sporting. No, no. Do you know what? I'm leaving it in as well because people need to know. People need to know what I put up with <laughs> every day. Anyway. You asked my thoughts. So my other thoughts were no major surprises, I would have thought. Like I looked at these games and I felt like... Young boys? Wasn't a surprise? No, not really. Oh, no, here we go. It was, Come on. No, it wasn't, it, wasn't a, it wasn't a surprise because Manchester United's game management can be quite eccentric. This thing of like, do we stick or twist? Do we go for the extra goal or do we sit on what we have? It's a strange fearfulness and Solskjaer's record in Europe isn't the best in the Champions League. It's not the best. So that result didn't, it wasn't jaw dropping. I didn't even tweet it about it. When I saw the result, I was like, yeah, like, cause I was watching a different game that night actually. I was covering a different game and switched across. But 
it didn't surprise me that much, right? People are like, oh my goodness, massive shock. Well, no, like he's lost seven in 10 in the Champions League. This isn't like, this was foreshadowed. So yeah, that wasn't a jaw-dropping result. And also like similarly, the kind of like, you know, the, the wailing and gnashing of teeth about, you know, Bayern and Barca, like that is a confected thing because Bar- Bayern are so close to their peak, right? Even this early in the season, they're not that far from how good they can get. They're, they're superb. And Barcelona, I mean, there was one thing that PK said about, oh, there were so many kids out there by the end. And the irony was the kids weren't the ones that let them down. Like Barcelona aren't that far away from being quite a good team. And there were some good pieces there. So I felt like almost, I mean, the, the one big shock surprise, I suppose, was Club Bruges PSG, the one all. But even that was not hugely surprising. I think there are going to be me. a few of those this year. Does that make sense, Ryan? So I'm, I'm, I think if I'm PSG honest, are going to be on the end of a lot of them. Right. I, now, this is the thing, Ryan. So looking at these results overall, sorry, long, long answer to a short question. I was not wildly surprised by this set of results. I was, a little, you know I was a little bit surprised by the reaction to Barca Bayern, to be honest, because I didn't think Barca were that bad. Thank you. Oh my goodness. I really liked a lot of what they did, especially in the first half. Do you know what I think it was? A lot of it was aesthetic. So Barca playing three in the back, at, three at the back at home in a Champions League game was like watching Bunk and Omar on the bench. On the in bench, the wire. yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? At the cap now, <laughs> it was really, it was, it yeah. was totally like that. You know, back in the day, we used to go toe to toe. That's the fists thing. I actually prefer them without Messi, to be honest. This Barca team, I tell you why, because this 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 Barca team, yeah. But like, basically, what I was, what I mean, yeah. I think a lot of it is the kind of every single thing with. There are a lot of teams in Europe at the moment. That every single ref, uh, every single result comes with a huge extra wave of like existentialism or dissection, and I think with Barcelona, the thing that was really worrying, I think, was that they just didn't really they didn't test Mamonoya at all. They had no shots on target. That's the worry. The first the, half, they were they, I, for about twenty minutes in the first half. I saw green shoots. I saw opportunity and optimism, and I thought actually, if you sort out your flanks, you've got something exciting about you. And also when they don't have Messi, they don't play such irresponsible football. They don't play this weird kind of hero ball where they're like, Messi's going to sort it out and they don't lose their shape so easily. I actually think that this is, I quite liked a lot of what they did, Ryan, to be honest. Yeah, with I, mean, you. I like, didn't hate a lot of it. I think that there was some, there are some very easily um, solvable identifiable problems. and solvable problems. Yeah. yeah. So for example, I think like the thing that Messi does is that when you take your biggest weapon away, you've got to learn, you've got to be smarter. And I think that's mm. what you said with the hero ball thing is that now because they haven't got the the greatest player of all time, in my opinion, and in my opinion, a load of people were kind of losing their shit about this game. And I don't think it was a game that you needed to lose your shit over. I think Bayern yeah. are far superior. I don't think Bayern really turned the screw. Nope. I nope. don't think they really needed to. But also... I don't think Barcelona were quite as dreadful as I expected them to be, if I'm being honest. I actually thought this game would be more of a hiding. Yeah. You know, the statistical breakdown, which it is what it is in games like this, because obviously teams can take their foot off the gas. It wasn't a complete domination. It was more the expected goals, shots on target and chances created and stuff like that. That was the thing that Bayern really, really flexed their superiority in. There was some quite comical scenes if you weren't a Barcelona fan obviously of just them being like defending really scrappily and it was actually 
really fun, I thought. I thought it was really fun. There was a lot of like desperate defending in the box yeah. in the first half specifically. And um, I actually quite enjoyed it. I, I think uh, there are questions about Jordi Alba. There are questions I think about Busquets in certain games. I think Gavi coming on looked really good again. He, To be honest, he was quite lucky to stay on the field though. I think he could have gone because he got booked and then he had that yeah. one straight after on up with Meccano. And Busquets wasn't prob- the worst in the compressed spaces. Busquets actually looked quite good because he'd have to cover that much ground. I thought Busquets mm. actually, particularly in the first half, I thought he screened quite well. He did okay. Let's not forget, they could have had a draw. They could have gone to the half a draw if Eric Garcia hadn't backed off the strike from Muller. Well, he's, the, he's, the, he's another, I think, identifiable, I wouldn't say issue, but I think that um, there, are, there, are certain, there are certain identifiable areas of the Barcelona, set, uh, the Barcelona side which you can, just, oh, you can just tweak and upgrade. Yeah, yeah. I think Barcelona fans have done quite a good job of compartmentalising where they are at the moment. Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. We actually had a question about whether Barca should just go in the Europa League. And I actually don't think it would be the worst thing in the world for them because they're not going to go super deep in the Champions League. Focusing on the league this season would be a really, really good shout. Obviously, it's Barcelona and saying that Barcelona shouldn't focus on the Champions League is kind of like, it's like blaspheming in a church. That unfortunately, at the moment, like Barcelona aren't in a position where they can just go for everything. They have to focus on certain things. And I think actually what might be quite interesting, and this is a little bit Galaxy Brain, it's first game in the Champions League, so I admit this is a little bit silly to even think about this stuff. But I think with where Barcelona are at and where the potential bits of joy are going to come from in this squad, they're kind of caught in this little bit of a limbo mode at the moment where they have to, they're really, really scampering to stay alive in a football sense. And therefore the experience is needed, but actually I don't think the experienced guys are, are at a level bar a few to really pull them to where they have historically been. So if they go into something like the Europa League, and the problem is now that there are some really good teams in the Europa League, let's not forget that. But I think that it might be quite a good opportunity for Barcelona to give youngsters more experience of European football and almost kind of look at this year as, everyone knows they're in a transition period, but really, really push it through as, there needs to be some, do you know what though? Actually, I'm going to completely piss all over what I've just said because that involves some kind of long-term strategic thinking which just, just hasn't been present at Barcelona for yeah, a long yeah, time I remember and but, I just don't think Koeman's actually the guy for that you know? No I don't I think what it is I, mean, I think that's all fair what you said I think what we do is really we look at Barca as a team that it's going to be a play, if there's going to be a solution it's going to come from the players first the board is going to be the last thing that comes with the strategy so the players almost need to be like not when they won that Copa del Rey I love to see that because I was like that they can take something positive from this season Mm. and I'd almost be like, where can we get silverware this year? Mm. It's a great trophy, the Copa del Rey. Look at that. Maybe it's the priority, the first priority in silverware. They'd never say this publicly, of course. Europa League, because the league is difficult. The league is difficult defensively. I'm obviously go for the league, but in terms of realistic trophy priorities, I think Copa del Rey and Europa League, and they, can, they could go deep in the Europa League. Like, there are great teams in that tournament at the same time. Look, a lot of people malign that tournament but there's this I find there's still a romance to it actually uh, particularly like some of the last the last few seasons of the Europa League I've been watching and going, you know actually I, I think I, I kind of really like this tournament oh it's because back today there's a chance but also breakout da, 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 da. but also like breakout stars like Joao Felix right we saw so many breakout stars in that tournament mm. so a tournament like that with a deep run 
and at some like Memphis Depay as well, who was a genuinely talismanic figure, he's someone that could lead Barcelona deep in the Europa League as opposed to the Champions League, only because, not because he's not good enough for Champions League, but because the surrounding pieces just aren't there. I think we saw pretty clearly that against Bayern, that this is a, this is not an aircraft in good shape. Like it's perilously airborne at the moment in the Champions League. So yeah, that's, uh, that's my thoughts on that. I mean, Bayern were good, man. I think they'll cruise through that group. Let's talk about Manchester United quickly because we haven't really talked about it. Mm. I think games like this is where the Solskjaer vibes thing comes from because it felt a little bit rabbit in headlights. Mm. I think when you lose a player like Aaron Wan-Bissaka, I mean, the red was a red, wasn't it? it was yeah, yeah. Taking off someone like Sancho, who, as we've said a million times before, is amazing at creating overloads on his own, Yeah, I think was such a weird decision. Especially where he is in terms of his trajectory as a United player. Yeah, for sure. I think, but also he is someone who can pull, like if you're down to 10 men, right? You have arguably the player in your side who can take players out of the game more than any other player in terms of like with the ball at their feet. Right. If you're a player, sure, you need that player on the football pitch. Bringing on Diogo Dallo. You invite pressure. Not necessarily just from a footballing point of view, but also from a psychological point of view. Like, you could see David Wagner, who, by the way, let's just uh, say, like, did him and Klopp holiday together this, this summer? Because they've both Why, they've back both back removed without glasses. Glasses. <laughs> and also, it's really, it's really nice to see, I'm, I'm not going to talk too much about Sartori stuff, because everyone does it now, but um, it's good to, see, uh, good to see David Wagner not dripping in club shop stuff. Look the parts. Yeah, smart Not casual, the smart casual yeah. Wagner. I'm into it. And well, I'm into what he did in this game. He switched their mentality straight away, didn't he? Because bear in mind, like, the game was far from done at this point. They were still 1-0 down. Equalising against Manchester United is hard enough, but like, winning the game? And there was one thing that he did actually, which I thought was really funny. Did you see his, when everyone pegged it for the winner, he started running and then he kind of aborted and pulled out at the corner flag <laughs> and kind of looped back round. I don't fancy this, yeah. <laughs> there were some funny full-time celebrations actually in this one, in this, yeah. uh, in this round. I think it's a weird one, this Manchester United result, because it was such an avoidable defeat. You can I see, I mean, you can see, let's just, in, in terms of this change, the Dallow substitution was, but this, this, this is my issue as well. Why not go to maybe like a three at the back or something? I don't know. Or, and then, or push, I, I just, you know, I, I don't, I can see the individual reasons for the changes. I can see the logic behind them, but then mm. it's about game management, right? Like, and we can, this happens a lot as, as a United fan. People blame, we blame the players, they're not executing, but we seem to, we, we seem to blame, we seem to blame the players for not executing a lot more than other supporters of mm. other clubs seem to blame players. Mm. And that to me is a systemic problem. We've had that problem for a long time, actually, United. Oh, the players just aren't this. Well, no, because the players are facing complex defensive and attacking systems and you can't break down those complex systems with individual talent alone. You just can't. You need a strategy, right? And we've said this a thousand times with United, like the extra 20% or whatever it is, isn't there. Mm. Uh, you know, you're bringing on Fred and you've got a pivot of Fred and Van der Beek. And Donny Van der Beek, poor Donny Van der Beek. I mean, Shot of all confidence, no meaningful offers for him. This player has been absolutely 
He's had his confidence ruined because he's been deployed badly throughout. They've never seemed to have a clear plan for him. Um, and unfortunately, I see more of the same with this at United. Like, and I, I worry about Sancho already. I know it's early days, but I'm actually worried about Jadon Sancho at this point. Like when I say worried, I'm worried that that the, by the time he starts hitting his form, the perception of him will be lower than it should be. Like this player should have a bit more of an aura about him. You know, like someone like Greedish has come into City and he's easing his way into it. He's easing his way in, he's got a goal here, a goal there. You see him just like, you know, moving through the gears. I look at Sancho United, I'm like, when is he going to start moving through the gears? Uh, like, I mean, my thoughts on this were that he should have stayed another year. I worry about this move. He will be fine ultimately because he is a very, very good footballer. The problem is, I think that when the, this is the something that I've said so often before, when you see players make that move at that age, 20, 21 years old or younger, it's such a crucial point of their development and such a crucial point of their career. Personally, I would like to see those kind of players stay at the place that they're flourishing and blooming until they're like 23, 24 and then make that move. Right. You are going to get that move. You are good enough. You can keep developing. You can keep playing kind of... At Dortmund, he was kind of free of scrutiny from the, from the press on the whole. There's a really exciting squad developing there. We'll talk about them in a little bit. I'm not worried about his ability and I'm not worried about his mentality and I'm not worried about Jaden Sancho as a footballer. What I'm worried is... I'm not worried. I'd say I'm a little bit concerned just that... The same thing I was concerned before he'd even kicked a ball for Manchester United. It was just like, it's a year too early for me. Yeah, yeah. But um, props to young boys, props to David Wagner. It's a massive win for them. They're top of that group. They're the other two in that group, Villarreal, Atalanta, Drew. Really good game, that. Atalanta are a little bit wobbly at the moment. Yeah, they are. They are a bit. I mean, this is a good result in isolation. A point at Villarreal is nothing to sniff at. That's a good result. Um, and it's weirdly a good result for the them in the group because I, I still think those are the two strongest sides uh, even with Atlanta's sort of challenges or stumbles in the Serie A so far um, You think Atalanta and VRL are a stronger side than Manchester United in that group? Yeah I do Ooh Musa Really? I do Yeah, yeah I do I do I do actually I don't think Atalanta are I don't think VRL are really on paper, Manchester United should be player in that group easy. Yeah, we should be. Yeah, yeah, we should be a lot of things on paper. That's what I'm saying. We should be a lot of things on paper, but I don't think, I don't think we're better at the moment. Yeah, I got to see more from us. That's my view. Uh, Cristiano Ronaldo is going to score 800 goals a season just by hitting the ball at the goalkeeper. He anticipates well. I got to say that. Um, great assist from Bruno Fernandes, Fernandes as well. I think the problem was as well, when they went out as 10 men, he's not the most mobile target man, I would say, like in the sense of, you know, he, he's very much a kind of jewel in the crown, isn't he, in that attack. He, he occupies mm. the everything, and that's not a criticism, but the 18-yard box onwards, that's his, very much his place. And I think when you've got 10 players, the problem was they couldn't have pulled him for a striker that did more because it would almost been like, you can't really pull rank on someone that scored after 13 minutes. You know, what they could have done was get, was take him off uh, and bring a forward on that would stretch the play with more running. But I couldn't see them doing that. Uh, and I, I think that also the problem is the attack, United's attack needed a, a focal point. I think keeping him on would have been fine. Because mm, he still had goals in him, yeah. Uh, we had a couple of questions on this game. One from Matthew Edward, who said, with Ollie's lack of in-game acumen and the team's disjointed playing style, 
will it mean that this United team, you know, will never quite make it? I'm paraphrasing, but hoping for the best, expecting the worst. I just think it's about, look, United have so much ability. It's, it's just that thing of match control. It's match control. And it's such an obvious, obvious thing to do, but players that can control the tempo. And it's, it's weird. I mean, I get, so when I used to cover United for ESPN, it got exhausting because I found myself writing the same thing over and over again. It was like, we need someone that can control tempo. We need like a Carrick type player. We just need this kind of player. And Michael Carrick is not a unicorn. There are other footballers in world football who can control the tempo. Extraordinary player. He was extraordinary, but there's other players like Carrick since. And we've just never made the effort to buy one. And I honestly think that's because, and I'm not even criticizing the stats people at United. I think they're probably sending recommendations to the boardroom and they just keep getting ignored. They mm. keep getting ignored. And you can see at United, there's this weird internal tension because every now and again, someone who really knows what they're doing forces through a signing. But you can see that signing has been like blood from a stone. And until we learn to control the tempo of games from the base of midfield, we're never going to get further than a certain point. It's just never going to happen. You just can't do it. You can't win on firepower alone. You just can't. Uh, Pete Buscini says, who in the group will benefit most from the Manchester United defeat? I think Atalanta, actually. Because he also said, also, is it too early for me to be fretting over Atalanta again? They look like they could barely keep up with themselves and were lucky to get a draw against Villarreal. I think those two are obviously the the biggest beneficiaries of that. Or, you never know, I think the the result psychologically for young boys might nick them a couple of points here and there that they may not have got. Villarreal are just really good. They're really Mm. good. They, they completely managed us in the Europa League final. We seem to forget that. They managed us. They handled us. Mm. They handled United. Like, a point there, and I say this to Pete as well, that is it's a good result, right? You, to come out of that place with a bit of change, pick up points elsewhere, should beat young boys, to be honest. Um, you should be looking to beat them. And Atalanta, for all their streaky form in Serie A, they can pull it out in Champions League. They've shown that. They seem to like that format. Uh, Ravinda Clare said, should the Manchester United players have just had the crumble and custard? <laughs> <laughs> this is weird, man. This is so weird. Like, oh, the, the, the whole shit about like, oh, Ronaldo's there and so no one's touching the pudding. Like, fuck it. Eat the pudding. Who cares? Do your thing. You're a professional athlete. Like, you're Sea levels are rising. Eat the pudding. Funny how that detail leaked out, isn't it? Just this weird mass marketing campaign. It's just like, Strange, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, anyway. I would have <laughs> a pudding eating celebration from young boys. <laughs> yeah. Just that. If, yeah, if I, do you know what? If I, if I ran the Twitter account. Pudding emoji. <laughs> there would have just been a picture of crumble and custard on there. Afterwards. 100%. <laughs> mm, tastes good. Mm, 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 mm. Three sweet, points. sweet crumble. Mm. Mm. <laughs> When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, let's talk about Manchester City because they absolutely... This was an amazing game, by the way. I can't believe we've not even talked about this yet and we're like, however long in. Hmm. Wow. Pep doesn't need a striker. What are you talking about? Moving... Not yet. He doesn't need one yet. He doesn't need one yet. But he will. against Leipzig. 
And they had yeah. the best defensive record in the Bundesliga last season. Yeah, and that was the case last year. And then what did United do to them? Rashford got a 20 second, 20 minute, 20 second, 20 minute hat trick. Like Leipzig do this. They do implode. They do fold every now and again in the Champions League. They're funny like that. Um, they're gonna, he's going to need a striker at some point, but he doesn't need one now. Uh, and the fluidity of Summer City's play was fantastic. And also I would say, there's a thing about De Bruyne, right? See the own goal that Mikaela scores. That is all about De Bruyne rushing up on you too quick. It's like when you're on the beach, you see the tidal wave approaching. Oh, I've got 10 minutes to get out of the way. It's, oh, oh it's right, oh, it's on my toes. De Bruyne beating the two men off the dribble and crossing it in. Mikaela was not expecting to make that ground so quickly. And as, you know, these great players age, the generation above De Bruyne, it's going to be fascinating the next two years watching him emerge as regular contender for, for Ballon d'Or, like, you know, top two contender in the sense that his ability to influence from so deep on the pitch, everyone is acutely aware of where that man is. And the thing as well that's exciting for City and terrifying for everyone else is I've mentioned before in the podcast about how Grealish is kind of easing his way into, you know, the new boy at City showing flashes playing within himself, not in a kind of lazy way, but just not forcing it, right? He's letting the game come to him. And the beauty of his goal against Leipzig was, Grealish was like, okay, the handbrake is off. That goal that he scored, it's the fact that he takes the first touch with the left foot into his path is such a supremely confident thing for any player to do. You know, we, we've said this before, like, yeah, it's not a big thing to have like a great first touch of two feet, but just the confidence on the front foot and the finish, I was like, this man is treating that stadium like his platform, like his stage. That is very, very exciting for, for City. His goal was so good. I was so good. And it was like, you know, it was, it was, because I know he scored for, for City before, but this was like, this felt like, the, this is the arrival. Yeah, right? first Champions League goal. Yeah, yeah. First Champions League game. Love to see it. And just the reaction from the fans and from him and all of it. I loved this so much. I loved well, it. Well, we're just big Jack Grealish fans, aren't we? He's a good boy. We are, yeah. Yeah, unashamedly. There were some great goals in this game. And Kuku got a hat trick, um, which I think will kind of go lost in this because yeah, yeah. of of the scoreline. Leipzig are odd. They're very odd. Yeah. And I know it's very early days, but there's been a big transition. They were a different side to last season. I know a couple of that yeah. will, a lot of bit, bits of that will be down to changing personnel. Obviously, Sabitzer and Upamecano going to Bayern is is not great. Huge, yeah. yeah. Uh, Kanata, losing Kanate to Liverpool as well. However, Leipzig were extremely difficult to beat last season and the season before, to be honest. You know, they, yeah. they, teams had to go maximum on them to really yeah, get to one over them. on them. Now, yeah, there were, yeah. f- you know, flurries here and there, like Champions League, as you've mentioned. But on the whole, they were really, really tough. They ran teams hard. Yeah. This season so far, there's been a bit of a switch to this kind of like, trying to play a little bit more fluid and free but it just really leaves them wide open at the back I think the opening like however long with the errors that that Leipzig created and the way that City just seemed to have the game completely under control mm. I think City just really just half stepped for a bit and let yeah. Leipzig back into the game but however this is that you did see the best of what Leipzig are at the moment in terms of the you know their goals were pretty well worked they were nice goals you always felt City had more in them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like very much like the kind of Barca Bayern game. Yes. But it felt like City did have more goals in them. I think it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Leipzig this season because mm. there are already a few rumblings of discontent. You know, Emil Forsberg came out and was just like, we can't concede goals like this. We just can't. I think there's been a few 
rumblings in various German articles over here or in the German press about the more senior players not really being wild about the shift in, in style that, tr- that Jesse Marsh is trying to do. They've only had one win this season. Yeah, Jesse Marsh has lost four of his five opening games in charge. Now, a little bit of a tough run, but I mean, losing away to Mainz first game of the season, they beat Stuttgart, they lost away at Wolfsburg, they lost at home to Bayern, and now they've lost away at City. And they've conceded 11 goals in their last three games. But yeah, good win for City. Let's touch on Liverpool really quickly because this was one of those famous Anfield nights. It was, it was. This is exciting for um, Milan game back uh, and Pioli, Pioli coaching them really, really well. There's a funny thing about when Zlatan is not in. Zlatan is obviously like, you know, he's a spearhead for their attack and he's been brilliant for them. When they don't have Zlatan, they're forced to go more fluid. And I kind of like it because it gives, it gives the defence less predictable problems. At least, with Zlatan, at least with Zlatan, as challenging as he can be to Mark, you know what the poison is, right? You know what you're going to get. But with this fluid front line, Bram Diaz, Rebic, uh, floating in and around, and Liao, it's, it's, a difficult, it's a difficult proposition. And we saw that. You saw that in the first half in particular. Um, when they went at 2-1, I, I apologise as well for jinxing Mo Salah's penalty record. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think it's worth saying though that like Milan didn't really do shit until they did do shit, and then they made those three minutes really, really count. But that's then... what they do. That, but that's what they do. That's what they do though. Um, mm. They they break really, really well when they break. They're unpredictable. So I was watching a different game. It was um, Club Bruges breaking against PSG and mm. the last minute, and like they just didn't know how to run the counter attack. Like there was the spacing was all wrong. Whereas you watch Milan break, and when they get a chance to go at you. They're very good at getting in the gaps. But yeah, really impressive by Liverpool to come back like this, I think. But there's quite a wholesome thing even about Jordan Henderson's celebration. You're like, there's Jordan Henderson like celebrating and like, you know, raising the roof, like, come on. And then you have like, you contrast that with, I love Jude Bellingham, but he did perhaps the he's nastiest naughty. celebration. We'll talk about that in a bit, but yeah. Yeah, we'll talk, we'll get, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get into that. He's a naughty boy. I like it. He's naughty, but I like it. But he can be because he's not, he's, 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 he's just... Two, two, two very, very good celebrations or iconic, <laughs> iconic celebrations from Jude. In fact, he was going to be the artwork, but we can, we couldn't use Jude two podcasts in a row. Yes, a great one. Should we jump to that now? Actually, the uh, uh, well, let's just uh, let's just quick shout for Jurgen Klopp picking up Thiago from like with a bear hug from behind, which was absolutely amazing. <laughs> but now, good win for Liverpool. And yeah. and do you know what the, the thing about this game, which I really loved actually, was that it just remind it just felt like a legacy game. Okay, you know Liverpool, AC Milan, at Anfield in right, the Champions right. League, three two, good game. It was just, felt, it just everything's felt, right place. Everything's yeah, right did. place. Yeah. <laughs> do we have a question on Liverpool? We said we'd let the questions guide us, and we've answered no questions. Well, typical, you know, typical Sadio <laughs> nonsense. The questions are with us in spirit, though. They're with us in spirit. All right, we had a couple of questions about Dortmund. One from Luke jo- Johnson. Should Dortmund just build a Jude Bellingham statue now? No, take your time. Yeah. Colson Korpak said, how good can Jude Bellingham be? Top five midfielder in the world or better? Right. So, Dortmund beating Besiktas 2-1 in Istanbul. Jude Bellingham opened the scoring and then assisted for the second for Haaland. 
just before halftime. The thing I loved about Holland's goal actually was that sh- this is what I love about Holland. So Holland, let's talk about Holland for a bit before we talk about Jude. Holland is he's an alpha, but he knows when to give props. Yes, yes, yes. And the first thing he did on that goal yeah. was look for Jude. Yeah, put, celebration. And, yeah, 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 and because he knew. And the thing that I really love about them already is that they've 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 had they had this last season, but they've just got a relationship. Like um, Jude came in and crashed his post match interview. Again, I'm just going to reiterate the same fucking thing that I always say about this bloody football club. I hope they stick around for a bit. Right, right. If Sancho was in that squad as well, still, they'd be. I genuinely think they'd be a contender to go deep in the Champions League this season. If you look I around, we, I think we even said it. We said it. If they hang on to them, we said this. Kobel's had a really good start to the season. He made one amazing save, actually. Was it one? I think it was at 1-0. Or it might have even been before they scored. I really like him. Yeah, he's, really he's like a him. presence. And he's, he's going to be great, around for a while. But Jude's goal was so good. And he's really added this to his game this season already. You've noticed, you've noticed that Marco Rosa has like got him getting into positions in a more attacking sense. And he's becoming more of an all-round complete midfielder, which we kind of said yeah. that he was going to be anyway. There was no... There is no identifiable weakness in his game, really, at all, for for someone who's eighteen years old. Also, just his his mentality showing. It was so hostile that environment. Well, this is what I want to talk about very quickly. We're talking about the hostility. So he scores after about ninety minutes, and I'm like, my guy runs over to the corner flag, and is like, shh puts his fingers to his lips. I'm like, has the, I was like, you must have received a lot of hostility in the first 20 minutes to be doing that. But the fact that that is the smoke that you want and he wanted all of it. And I thought to myself, this is like the mentality to take that onto yourself. Cause that crowd was loud. That crowd had taken, you know, that they know that they can get a result if they go at teams with their, um, with their support being, being that intense. And it just takes this thing out of it. And then his, his assist as well. There's a way that he dribbles, that he moves like someone, so he good. moves he moves unlike anyone else. And I say this because, you know, when you watch someone skiing down a slope, right? Mm. And their ankles are just bent to an almost impossible degree. He dribbles like that. Like he dribbles. There are some people that dribble with their shoulders or their, their hips. This guy throws you with his entire body shape. It's mm. really a remarkable, it's strange to see someone who is that present in the center midfield dribbling out wide like that, you know, to see someone that is, who has the dribbling ability of the winger who is so comfortable inside, it's extremely rare to see that in the same, in the same person. He's amazing. So, yeah, he is. I'll trot out the same line that I say every single time we talk about Jude. He just keeps passing every test that's put in front of him. Yeah. Without any real like drama, just deals with it. He is like, his whole a- attitude is just, he's just dealing with everything that's been thrown at him. Do you know, it was weird, even in relation to that, it sounds weird, it's completely unrelated to football, but even in relation to like the race stuff in football, and he was just like, yeah, I'll just never get tired of talking about it. And yeah. I'm like, like, <laughs> he's yeah, already, yeah, people he, he, do. You know, already, people. already kind of being very, very vocal off the pitch about certain things. Like he was really, really supportive of um, Emma Raducanu after Piers Morgan did his Tried nonsense to make after Wimb- yeah. Wimbledon. Yeah. And that was in the middle of the Euros as well, remember? They had, they had enough stuff going on. Yeah. He's a good boy, Jude. Really? And again, I just really, really hope that he stays for a while because I think that it's a really good environment for a player like him to flourish in. And I think he was asked about it as well and he just said straight away, my focus is, is B4B. 
which I love. He yeah. always calls, he always he talks about BFLB. Um, and actually on that note, probably the best of this bunch of Puma third kits, the Dortmund one, because it doesn't say Dortmund. It says BFLB 09. And that's cool. That's very cool. Old school. I'm down with that. Ballspiel Verein Borussia. Founded in 1909. So, there you go. Ball game club, Borussia. So, it's so compact. I love, I love Germans sometimes. It's so compact. It just gives you all your vitamins. It's like a square meal, that name, isn't it? It's really, it's you know what? I really, I really love when you're watching the Bundesliga and they don't really care. They don't really care whether you know the, you know, for example, you'll be watching Hoffenheim and it'll be TSG. And if yeah. you didn't know who, you'd be like, who the fuck are TSG? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I love the Bundesliga's just inability, like, or like, uh, what's the unwillingness to to, to, to compromise and that. explain? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's great. Uh, a couple of quick shouts: Ajax blowing away Sporting Club de Portugal, five-one. Uh, I was really happy for Sebastian Haller here. Yeah, hat trick for well, four. He got four. <laughs> I was really happy to see because just playing like that orthodox nine that he does so well. And they were all like, you know, nine type, they were all like, you know, classic nine finishes, mm. which is good to see him flourishing because a lot of people, it's the typical Premier League thing. Oh, I couldn't hack it in the Premier League. Well, sometimes it's just not the right context. There's mm. a lot of things on and off the field that don't work out. Um, you know, Amsterdam's a great town. It's a great club. I'm just happy to see him flourishing. So yeah, that was, that was great. And, you know, sporting just defensively, a bit awry, unfortunately. Good kit though. Sporting's kit was yeah. beautiful. Then uh, we'll come, oh my God, actually, you've got to see also. Shout out to Porto's kit as well. There were some beautiful kits going around this Champions League. There yeah. were some really nice ones. I was saying actually that it shows how much Barca's home kit has been fucked with over the last few years that that third kit they wore is more palatable than their current home kit. Yeah, that's a great shout actually. I like that third kit. Yeah, I do as well actually. Romelu Lukaku scoring again. Funny thing for Chelsea. I mean, Zenit, Zenit can be a little bit fiddly though. They can, but you know it's funny. You see it in the Villa game and now with Zenit, they're like, We've got to really go at these people. Like the intensity that Zenit played with, it was what Zenit do anyway, but mm-hmm. it's interesting the last two games, and Tuck will be very happy because then he's still got the two clean sheets, but he's really had to grind. You're going to get it Really though. had to. Yeah, You're yeah, going to get it. It's like, you said this before, like everyone comes at you. Yeah, of course, of course. They'll be fine. I think they'll get out of that group easy. Yeah, um, I liked this game a lot. I just, I just like to see teams being battle tested, you know, and this really was one. And you saw, you saw with Tuchel afterwards. I mean, I could listen to Tuchel talk for 10 minutes about anything, mm. about a bar of soap, frankly. I just love the way he talks. But I mean, it was interesting that Zenit's XG was 0.94. Chelsea's was 0.69. That, that's how the game felt, to be honest, because Zenit broke really, really well, mm. actually. Yeah. And uh, Lukaku's goal was hard. Like, he had yeah, a lot a to header. do. Yeah. He had a lot to do. Yeah, the movement as well, and the, and the direction of it. Uh, Juve beat Malmo the other game in that group, 3-0. Three first half goals. Alexandra got his first ever Champions League goal. Uh, Dybala... Mm. With a penalty and then Morata in nice finish, like, yeah. right after. It was like st- pretty much straight away. That's Juve's first competitive win of the season so far. They really needed Goodness. a win, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, yeah. I quite like that. I quite like that sort of Dybala Morata combo. I quite like it. Yeah, I do. I do, actually. I like the movement they both make for each other. Yeah, they it made works. a few changes as well, Juve. I think they had five changes from the weekend. We have to shout out Club Bruges. Like you mentioned earlier, you shouted them out, but let's shout them out again. Point yeah, at home definitely. to PSG. Is an amazing result. We have to shout out Sheriff being Shakhtar 2-0. The f- like, Adama Traore's first goal was fucking unbelievable. That is a beauty. Yeah, yeah, Unbelievable. Yeah. That volley, oh, 
I watched it about four or five times over and over again, like on repeat. It was so good. It just it's looked amazing. Finish. It looked, it was so clean and the trajectory was so flat from the cross to the volley that it was like watching a FIFA game. It was like some old school, like some Jean-Pierre Papin type, you know, oh. these, fin- you know, these kind of, you know, these no, cl- he's like classical, yeah, it's classical oh. striker. Well, you, one those ones on this podcast again. One of those ones <laughs> you imagine, one of those ones that you imagine like retired number nines around Europe, like texting each other spontaneously going, have you seen this goal by Troria? Like, have you seen that? That's like back in the day. Like it's a classic finish. The stati- um, I love the statistical breakdown of this game. 25% possession for Sheriff. 0.97 expected goals compared to Shakhtar's 0.85. Love it. Efficiency. They also, they broke well, didn't they? That's the thing. They We've did. seen this quite a few times in Champions yeah. League. And, and, and Shakhtar, that's such a great result against Shakhtar too. I know. I mean, if you remember Shakhtar and what they did the double over Real last season. Yeah. Um, and they are no mugs in the Champions League. They're no mugs Absolutely in Europe not. ever. No, no, no. Um, this group is really interesting. Like Sharif are top of this group. Uh, Real Madrid got a last minute winner in Milan against Inter. Camavinga with the assist. Yes, he's having a lovely start to life. In you know, that, that assist was amazing. It was like sort of watching foot volley or something. Yeah. Ball gets floated in by Valverde and he does this beautiful kind of, what's the word? Um, like a volleyed part, a cushioned volley pass mm. to Rodrigo. It was really nice. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Absolutely awesome. Uh, Atleti Porto. Three shots on target. 35 fouls. Nine yellow cards, one red. Forget what the Bundesliga says. That is football as it's meant to be. <laughs> but, you know, well, technically, what you said for the Bundesliga. Yeah, yeah, true. This, 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 <laughs> what's, what the funny thing with them, the funny thing with this game was watching, it wasn't funny, it was whenever Thomas Amar scores for Atleti, I'm like, oh, wow, no. maybe this can be the breakthrough moment. Oh, and then he gets no. subbed after 35 You're minutes. You're so bad. You're so bad. You're so, so bad. <laughs> Jinx These me. poor players, man. These Didn't poor players. And Atalanta, no Atalanta, like, everyone's just like, no, 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 no. Like fans of other clubs, when you start bigging up their teams who listen to the podcast, they're like, no, 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 no. What are you doing? Stop talking, Moose. Stop talking. What are you, doing? you can actually, you know, you, you can reliably say that the only reason that clubs are the catfish is because I have overrated them to begin with. You're just bad you news. You could argue that. You're just bad You could news. argue it. Bad, bad vibes. News. Atalanta, yeah. Everton. Yeah. That's why, I really, that's why I worry when you start bigging me up to people. I'm like, <laughs> because you're scared you might be a catfish. We saved the best for last because we had this question from the always mischievous co-honcho of the Stadio Oh, it is. It's it is, isn't it? Kunle Ajayo. Oh no. What does he want from us? Was Sevilla uh, versus Salzburg the most Stadio game of all yes. time? <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> yes, it was. For those uh, who are unaware, let's take a walk. <laughs> yellow card 13 minutes missed penalty 13 minutes yellow card 15 minutes scored penalty 21 minutes yellow card 26 minutes missed penalty 37 minutes scored penalty 42 minutes two halftime substitutions red card 50 minutes Yellow card, 65 minutes. Yellow card, 82 minutes. Yellow card, 84 minutes. Another yellow card, 84 minutes. And two yellow cards in stoppage time. 
take my money, take all of it for the rest <laughs> of my life. Four penalties in the first half of a Champions League game. You will be, I, I doubt anyone will be surprised to hear that this is a three, record. Three earned by the same player. Adeyemi. This is unbelievable. He was this a is problem. And he missed that first one. And he, did you see him when he got the second one? He pointed he was to himself me, again. He was like, me, so like, me. He's like, no, was like, no, <laughs> no. But there's a funny thing that happened as well. And this is, this is this game featured, I think, the first sympathetic red of the season. Mm. When I say sympathetic red, as in, I felt sorry for Nesri getting sent off because he died for a penalty. You know, I feel sorry for him because, frankly, why wouldn't you? Well, he's because like, the ref's, four, given, the ref's given them out like this. Four, Fuck it, I'm going for it. out sweet. And I felt so sorry. I was like, I feel so, I never normally feel sorry for players that die. I've never done it before. But this was the one occasion I felt sorry because I thought to myself, you had to try your luck. And the funny I thing was like if, that there was actual contact by the looks of it as well. <laughs> I, feel like if, I feel like if he stood up really quick, he said, ref, do you know what, ref? Given how things are going, I, I kind of had to. I'd love to see the ref be like, uh, actually, you got a point. Yeah, go on. Let's get on with it. <laughs> shall I just, shall I just give it anyway? <laughs> I felt so, shall I, shall, I felt so much sympathy. <laughs> uh, Lopetegui in that first half yeah, when the third penalty got awarded, did you see when it cut to him and he was just literally, he was just like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's deeper than that. I think it's deeper. There's a moment, because the thing about football, right? It's inherently ridiculous. Sport, we love it, it, but it's it's kind of ridiculous. But it's for so most silly. of the time, for most of the time, when you're, when you're coaching a football match, or whatever, for most of the time, you can maintain the pretense that your job is fairly normal. Mm. The thing that happens every now and again is that if you're an unlucky coach, there's a point where you're like, oh no, I'm I'm caught in the simulation. It's like when the simulation like breaks through, mm. and it happened to Carlos Bianchi, like the famous like Sidlow thing, like it happened to Carlos Bianchi at Atletico Madrid, and it happened again. Severe Salzburg. Mm. And you can see that look on the look on both coaches' face. There's almost that sympathy at the end. They're like, we know this is going to be a long night. Yeah. yeah. Should we wrap on a question? Yeah, sure. Let's do it. Neil Sedgwick. Pick that dark horse winner. The dark horse winner. You see, I don't know if there'll be a dark horse winner of the Champions League uh, just because of the sheer financial firepower of those who'll get to the the final stages. Um, I'm going to be a bit boring here for the first time. It's just too early. It's just too early. The dark horses probably haven't played the contenders yet. Do you know what I mean? We haven't seen them knock a stripe off someone. This first round, we didn't see someone knock a stripe off anyone. I think what is clear to me is that, and, and you said it before, everyone's going to come at PSG. Everyone's going to come at PSG with an absolute ferocity they're going to have, um, they might have more trouble than they anticipated. Uh, but that's not, that's not a big shout. I don't think, I don't, I don't think that's a dramatic shout because even the big names they have don't have the defensive intensity that they had five years ago. That's not a big shout that for me there. My dark horse winner of the 2021-2022 Champions League is... Oh no, don't say it, don't say it, don't say it, Ryan. This is Schrodinger's dark horse because you'll name it, then it won't happen. You can't say it. Don't say it. Don't say it. <laughs> Good. I'm glad you didn't say Dortmund because if you'd said it, it would have become them. How do you know I didn't say Dortmund? Because I censored it. Well, <laughs> I'll tell you what, if that team that I just bleeped 
wins the Champions League, will release the Zlatan take. There you go. Deal? What? No, no, no. Because <laughs> then no. I win twice. No. <laughs> I'll have to move off world. Good. Fine. I'm done okay. with you. Okay. I'm bored now. I'm going to pivot to <laughs> F1. <laughs> uh, let's bounce. Let's do it. Let's do it. I hope everyone's staying safe and well. Yeah, getting vaccinated if you can. Like we said on Monday, man, Musa's double jabbed and ready to go. This gallivanted all over the place. Drifted over the timeline. Wow. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> my phone doesn't stop ringing. It's like, you don't need a TVA because people just snitch on you. <laughs> I was, Ryan, Ryan, what's Musa done now? So, why do I care? Why are you tagging me? His, why are you I'm telling me? fucking agent. Not his keeper. I'm not, not his, his keeper. agent. I'm not his manager. I'm not even related to him. You can just leave me the fuck out of his nonsense, please. Ryan, Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> it's because they know you're the voice of reason. They I'm know that the I can't be reason. reason. Listen, I can't I'm be reasonable. very unreasonable and I don't like any of you, so stop tweeting me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm only kidding. Much love, everyone. Um, Stadio Atros players on Spotify, speaking of which, playing out on. I feel bad now. Please don't take that literally, everyone. I was only joking. <laughs> There's only one person I don't like here, and he's the person that I can see staring back at me on Google Hangout right now. <laughs> you know why I don't like you, Musa? Because I love you. That's why. Because this is how you could be living. <laughs> no, I'm good, thanks. No, I'm good, thanks. No, I'm good. No, I'm good. <laughs> you meant that too. You meant I that too. I did not. This is, this is, this is mean. <laughs> All right, we're playing out on Ascension by Lives of Angels uh, on the Great Dark Entries label. Uh, have we got anything else to add? I think we're good. I think we're good. Yeah? Ooh, do you know what I'm going to watch tonight? What's that? Jose Cabrinho. Jose Cabrinho. They're in the uh, Conference League, isn't it? Good times for Roma. Indeed. Uh, much love, everyone. Have a lovely weekend, and we will see you on Monday. See you then. See you then.